0: All right, fans, we're standing by here with Terry Fuck. Rick Flair has said that on July the 1st, right here on Superstation TBS, he will make his announcement whether to surrender the championship or to defend the championship, but I'll tell you this, off the record, he said he was gonna take care of you one way or the other somewhere down the line, my friend. Oh, let me tell you something, Jim Ross, and you, simple-minded people, I had a dream last night, oh yes, and it was a beautiful dream, I dreamed that I was on the front porch of the Double Cross Ranch, and my father, who's long since gone, was there in a swing, swinging with me. And up drove a long black limousine, and the left front fender was dented in, and the door opened and out stepped a beautiful lady. And my daddy said, Woman, what happened to your left front fender? And she said, I ran over some kind of an animal on the road. I don't know what it was. My daddy said, Well, what did it look like? And she said, well, it had great big ears, and it had nostrils, big, huge nostrils, about five inches apart, and it had horse teeth, and it smelled real bad. And my daddy said, my world, girl, you must have ran over a jackass. And I said, what did it smell like? She said, it smelled like hairspray and cheap cologne. I said, woman, you didn't run over any jackass. You ran over Ric Flair. Is he dead? She says no. But the last time I saw him, he was running scared. Well, let me tell you something, Ric Flair. You look at me in the eye because I am looking at you. You realize that you must live not in the future because there is none you must live in the past give up that belt or else stick your neck out one more time for me stick it out for me Flair, you gutless individual I'm talking to you That's enough. stick it out
1: he's got the whole He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole. He's got the whole wild in his hands, he's got the whole E ato
2: tuned in to DAR Media and unfortunately, uh, things got to start off a little bit somber this week. Um, When I was thinking, talking with True about how we were going to do this episode and everything that's going on, it is uh, really poignant, you know, that we are on the precipice two days before when this goes up one day before uh, the biggest wrestling show in history being put on by quote unquote, the number two brand, um, an alternative brand. This is a huge, huge, uh, happy weekend of celebration for professional wrestling. And it just reminds me of something that I've experienced in life for sure. That life and fate does not care. If something is supposed to be a happy time or supposed to be a celebratory time, life and fate will step in whenever the fuck that it feels like it. And unfortunately, that is what we have have to deal with this week. Not unfortunate because this is attracting attention away from this because the things we're going to talk about first are a million times more important. It's unfortunate that it happened. It's unfortunate for the families. It's unfortunate for the loved ones. Uh, wrestling lost two legends. And yes, I'm completely prepared already to say that Bray Wyatt is a fucking legend and certainly will be, uh, for the, uh, you know, comparable to, um, Heath Ledger or comparable to, um, other famous folks, Kurt Cobain, that were taken from us way too early and at the apex of creating amazing things that we will never forget. Um, so I am absolutely ready to refer to Bray Wyatt as a legend and, of course, Terry Funk as a legend. We're going to start off tonight, Bray Wyatt Memorial. Um, we're just going to go around the room. Bray Wyatt memories, what he meant to you, matches that stand out that people can check out, um, you know, w- and whatever you got to say or share about Bray Wyatt tonight, we are joined by our uh, one of our UK wrestling writers, uh, Morgan Jane. She's back joining us again in the middle of the midnight hour over there in the UK. We appreciate her so much. And uh, we are also joined by. By the king of the Philly arm of DAO Sports Media, CM Trunks. Um, longtime supporter, uh, always hitting us up on, on Twitter. Always uh really appreciate you tapping in with us, man, and keeping things rolling. Uh, we're glad to have you on there. Trunks and Morgan, what's going on this evening?
3: Ladies first.
4: <laughs> uh, I'm good. Just excited for all in and in tomorrow actually it's tomorrow i'm very excited
2: hell yeah trunks what's up with you man
3: i'm doing good just taking everything in over the last few days with uh you know these losses
2: absolutely and then of course riding with us the mogul uh the true god um uh i guess since i rolled it out i'll go first um Bray Wyatt uh meant a lot to me. Um you know, some people it, it can be or has been uh pretty polarizing over the years, but I'm the type of person who you know, I like my weird. I like my spooky shit in wrestling. Like I don't care. I'll just fucking say it. Like I'm a huge house of black fan. Um always like the Undertaker when I was a kid. Um anything like that 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 straddles that line. Um and This was just because I like the creativity. I like something different. Uh, I like something, again, that just straddles the line towards a little bit more uh, weird stuff, horror stuff. And um, Bray was just so unique in the way that they spun it and so just gripped everybody's attention. I don't want to turn this into like too typical of like a podcast wrestling podcasting type of discussion. But like they just booked him so fucking terrible so many times and it didn't matter every time he came back every time he was refreshed every time he was rebooted he had the whole world in his hands every time and especially you know as much as and I'm sure we'll we'll go into it again someday this is you know an evening to celebrate somebody's memory um but I some of my most enraged rants have been about the way that the fiend was booked and treated and their and my frustration with their refusal to go back to it after this guy legitimately you can go back and look it up set records for for merchandise sales in a quarter during that first initial run as the fiend. Um, It don't get any more over. It doesn't get any more successful. It doesn't get any more original Bray Wyatt saw his original creation and vision come all the way to the forefront. And it was as big of a smash fucking hit as it possibly could have been. And this was after the WWE Booked him to 10 feet underground three or four other fucking times. Bray Wyatt is the fucking man. Matches you can check out. I, you know, I, I think I'll probably say most of the obvious ones the six man with the shield. The match as The Fiend with Daniel Bryan was fucking excellent. I loved the way that The Fiend worked. You know, everybody had their little, you know, punk-ass shit that they said the last time he came back. Oh, when the bell rings, when the bell rings. I always loved the way Br- Br- Bray Wyatt worked. And I just felt, I feel like that became a cliche to say things about his in-ring work. I always loved the way he worked. I lo- thought the way he worked was perfect for all of the gimmicks that he portrayed. Um Athletic big man, and I loved how aggressive and impervious to pain the fiend was. It reminded me of a young Undertaker. Um thought it was fucking awesome. Um, so the Shield six man against the Wyatt family, absolutely. Uh, and the Royal Rumble match against Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, as the fiend are, are probably my two favorite Bray Wyatt matches. Um, definitely go check those out. True. Bray Wyatt, take yeah. him to too soon. Yeah, I think I think the thing for me with Bray
5: is that he was, you know, 36 with multiple kids, you know, a wife. And when I think about, you know, you know, one, one thing about me. uh, Brief, brief thing personally, like death is not something new to me in terms of like around me. You know what I'm saying? I grew up around it. I have lost just about ninety five percent of the people that was close to me in my family and growing up. So to death. So uh you know, it hits me a little different, I guess, when people, you know, people pass, especially people that like I don't necessarily know, but people that I've like watched and, and you have some connection to. And so, you know, with Bray, I the first thing I thought about was just his kids. That's the first thing I thought about. Like i know a lot of people you know as fans it's like the first thing they think is oh man i love watching this person i love you know my, my connection with this person on television but me is always always just go to the personal side of it because behind the character behind the creativity that's just a man and a father and a husband at the end of the day and you know as someone who's a father himself that's my first thought and so um when i first heard about it i was just just like <laughs> like it's funny so i'm in a i guess i won't get in trouble for revealing this i'm in a group chat with like several people in the other company uh the other company so and you know i i saw you know message pop up and they're like yo like Wyndham just just passed and i was like what <laughs> like I, i'm like nah they, they they, i'm thinking i was thinking honestly i was like there's some like new shit they're doing for his like his store I, like, I didn't believe it was real i was like oh this is his thing he's gonna like rise from like you know, the ashes or something, that's his next gimmick. Like, I didn't believe it. And then when I saw, like, the Triple H tweet, I was just kind of like, yo, like, no way. And so, um, you know, we can talk about matches. Full disclosure, everybody, if, if most people know me. I don't watch the WWE that much. Um, I haven't watched WWE regularly since, like, 2012. Um, the only few times that I did watch WWE, uh, I watched it for the Bray Wyatt, uh, Daniel Bryan storyline, um, the Wyatts in the Shield, um, and that's pretty much it, you know. And then I, I came back for uh, what was the WrestleMania? What was the WrestleMania that Bray and Cena had the Fire Firefly for the fun a Funhouse match? I think was that what it was? Yeah,
2: it was. Uh, well, it, it, it was. I don't think I think they went away from the numbers, but it was the one in twenty twenty. They did with yeah. the COVID. And so I came, yeah and
5: the, naturally you know COVID in the house you know not doing much I watched it. I came back for that and I only came back because of break and I remember just thinking to myself like everything he does although it, it didn't turn out the way it should have I think his part and everything was was great like he he took chicken shit and made chicken chat chicken salad with everything that he did and um you know as far as like matches the the main match is a uh, Royal Rumble twenty fourteen with, with with Daniel Bryan. Uh, I think you mentioned the one where he was the fiend, but the one when they had the the whole story where like you know Bryan was just so over and and I thought that match was, a, was fucking phenomenal. Um, I think obviously the Shield match was probably just my second favorite of his. Um, I actually like one of the matches with Cena that he had too a little bit after that, but I just didn't like obviously didn't like the results. Uh, you know of it because I, I thought bray should have gone over completely you know, like, I like destroyed Cena every time he fought I thought that you know because Cena was clearly on his way uh kind of on his way out and, and stuff like that or starting the, the process um yeah like most of, most of the things that I that I remember about Bray is mostly just his his character his promos I, I think you know when you talk about like eccentric wrestlers eccentric promos eclectic style bray is the embodiment of that i think in this last 10-15 years there's nobody that fits that that mold like him and um you know i i i i do get the undertaker comparisons um because there was some similar stuff you know the lights and and the spooky supernatural shit but i think bray's talking ability was so vastly above the average wrestler, and I think he was a better. To me, he was a better talker than Taker because we didn't hear Taker. Oh, I don't well, I, light years ahead of Taker uh, as a promo. So, light years. So I, so I wish Bray got the proper booking that like Taker eventually got. Because let's be real, even even back in the day, Taker didn't really get great booking either. He just was a fucking amazing character. So, and I think that was the problem is that when you have such a great character, you're such a great promo guy, you can make anything work. And Bray was always doing that. And I think they, I just wish they would have, you know, given him the right shot. I, I, I did tune in when he watched, when he won the championship. And I think that was uh, was probably over the last 10 years, one of my favorite moments, just watching him get the championship, because I thought he should have had it two or three years before that. So, yeah. Um, as far as there that, that's that's pretty much my, my, my memories of Bray. It's just uh the Daniel Bryan, the Shield stuff, and then when he won the championship finally, and I think they messed that up too. But uh you know, it was great seeing him get that championship because it was like overdue. And that was one of those things that, you know, a lot of times wrestlers are overdue for championships or overdue for those big wins. You know, and Bray was well overdue for that. And um yeah. Um, and, and and that is one, it's like I kind of enjoyed. I can't believe I'm saying this on here. I kind of enjoyed the <laughs> the I can't I kind of enjoyed the Bray and Matt Hardy uh stuff they were doing a little bit when they did that little 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 run. I usually don't like that with Matt Hardy on it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I did like that. So, those are my Bray ride memories. I don't want you know, talk too too long about about Bray, um, you know, Bray's thing because we got other stuff to get into, but um, yeah, man. Like his, his, uh, the, the fiend stuff, I, uh, the fiend stuff also was, was, was funny to me. Like the, fun, like the fire, the fire, you know, fun house and all that stuff. I just thought all that shit was funny. And I, and I wanted to say, was it, was, was his story the one with Randy Orton when he like set something
2: on fire and like the, and yeah, had, like, the, the, the firefight yeah, funhouse yeah, yeah. match. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I always, again, I, I don't want to make this a negative pod, but that was like so close to being something fucking dope you know what i'm saying like like they could have busted out the sugar glass and done a little bit more stuff with that they could have there was just a lot more that they could have done because the setting and the execution of it was actually very good and very eerie um i just felt like they they left a lot of tools on the table that they would have been they were completely free to use because it wasn't in the arena it was pre-taped they, they could have really done a lot more with that. And I don't mean they like Bray Wyatt and Orton. I mean the people who continually failed Bray Wyatt over and over. Yeah. And now will never have the chance to redeem themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. But that was interesting too. And again, like out on a limb, like the only other person people you can think of before that time, you know, until we got into the COVID era, was the Undertaker that doing like crazy shit like that, like graveyard matches and and yeah, because him and Mankind had a had a graveyard match, if you recall, um yep. in an actual uh graveyard. Um I was the only person doing crazy out of the box stuff like that. Um so Bray Wyatt could have been and should have been that for this generation and for what he did accomplish he's still absolutely a fucking legend. Um, One thing I did want to say that you made me think of, and I don't know what it is. uh, You know, when I made my reference earlier um, to life and fate, not caring about when something is supposed to be happy, turning it into death. Um, I was also speaking of personal experiences. I've learned that myself the hard way on more than one occasion. Um, when this news broke last night, I kind of, and I don't want to sound callous, I'm going to make it make sense in a minute, but I kind of like went on about the rest of my night. Like it just didn't register. Like it's just, and it took all day like, talking with everybody today to realize like, holy fucking shit, he's really gone. Because Bray Wyatt's just such a larger than life entity. That it was like, oh, that's what, like, There's no way. That's not real. Like, Bray Wyatt is not fucking dead, and yeah, man. Just I haven't been I haven't been overwhelmed by a by a death like that from a wrestler or a celebrity in a really long time. Where it was just like I could not, my brain could not process that this had actually happened. Um, so yeah, really big deal, hit me hard. Uh, Trunks, Bray Wyatt, what are your thoughts? Um, some memories, some matches, maybe.
3: Yeah, so, like, when I came across the news, I was, like, just scrolling Twitter feed, and I was definitely one of the people that was, you know, pretty much numb to it as well. It was, just, like, hard to even process that it was happening. Um, So, you know, I haven't watched WWE in a while either, like, you know, in several years, but I do remember when I was watching them, like, When he debuted, um, he was one of those characters that was always interesting and kept me captivated with his promos, Uh, especially during the Tom uh, CM Punk. He was like, uh, he left the company and he introduced several new acts around that time. And Bray Wyatt was always one of the people that... uh, Kept my attention. Uh, Overall, his promos, I always thought his promos was like better than anybody. Probably my favorite promo outside of Punk, out of everybody, um, you know, over the years. I had, I was actually like just going over his stuff all day uh, just to, you know, just celebrate his life and his legacy. Um just to remember because it's been a while. I didn't really get to go through his fiend material too much. Like I was I was like kind of tuning out a WWE at the time when that character was introduced. But I did, you know, keep up and see some highlights of it. Um yeah. And like you said, those like his matches match wise. I would definitely say the shield match and the uh the Brian match was the ones that were stand out to me
2: Morgan, uh, you were you know just about maybe I'm off base. you're gonna today now you're gonna flip around and be like, no, I didn't care for Bray Wyatt. <laughs> um but you were really just about at a right age group where this might have been it might have been might have really hit um Bray Wyatt memories uh matches.
4: Well, I remember when he debuted as Bray Wyatt and he was in NXT and then he came to the main roster and he was just very captivating. Like everything about in the entrance, his promos, just the whole Wyatt family. I remember the feud with the Shield and the match and just the fans chanting, this is awesome before the bell had even rang. It was just an amazing atmosphere. And obviously, it's feud with Daniel Bryan and Punk and John Cena. Um, I didn't catch a lot of the theme stuff because I wasn't watching WWE, but I've seen like highlights of it. And that seemed like it was really good work. My favourite memory was in 2015 at Raw in Manchester. I was there live, and that was my first time at a, a Raw. And he was like in the main event segment. And The Undertaker and Kane were there, which was my first time seeing The Undertaker and Kane. And so that was just really, really cool to see all them together.
2: So one thing that I think people should notice listening to this is pretty much universally all three people said, you know, I wasn't really ever paying attention to WWE during those times but I fucking watched what Bray Wyatt was doing. And that's something that I've actually heard a lot across a lot of people that they're not really into the WWE. But when that fucking guy is on there talking, you listen. Um, Two things that – He's a throwback. I think
5: Bray is a throwback to a time where a lot of people – like if you watch WWF growing up or WWE at a certain point in time, like it was extremely character-driven and and like promo-driven – and you know, over the last 15, 20 years, there's maybe four or five people that came on the screen and you're, cut promos that were great.
2: You're rolling right into what I was about to what I was yeah. about to get into is for those of us old enough to remember the prime of like the Attitude Era. I'm like when and and also on the other channel during that the prime of the Attitude Era, WCW Nitro. Um, there hadn't there had not been. An original creation out of the WWE that had that level of pure electricity before The Fiend. It was the first time that they had struck gold on an original creation in like 20 fucking years. And that's why it was so mind-blowing because the WWE is so far up its own ass all the time. About what what they create, what they create, what they create, what they create is the only thing that matters. And they come up with this original creation that had, man, you guys might not have been watching. I'm telling you, when The Fiend first came out, that fucking six months before they fucking destroyed it in Saudi Arabia, it was a level of electricity that had not been experienced in that company since Daniel Bryan and not from an original character since 20 fucking years before that. Um,
5: I'll admit, I'll, I'll admit, like, I didn't watch the show, but I cut the segments of The Fiend on YouTube, so, like, I, will, I would just go and check what he did on YouTube, and i will be like, oh, shit, sure, okay, right, Bray. It's like, anytime Bray does something new, you, you want to check it out, even if you don't care about the rest of the show, you'll at least seek out that and be like, oh, that was kind of cool, oh, that was dope, and then you move on, and that's in my relationship with WWE for the last 10 years so yeah so
2: definitely shout out to, to, Bray, to bring up um for the diehards out there his NXT run was like really fucking cool uh the beginning of this character it was a little bit different than the way it was on the um it was a little bit different than it was on the main roster yep. it was almost kind of like uh what it gave me the vibe it gave me was uh true i know you're gonna you're gonna pop when i fucking say this movie um was fallen with denzel washington
1: (laughs) where it kind of
2: seemed like bray was uh, like a larger entity than just a person that he was inhabited by something bigger or yeah was the devil or was it was and he was very subtle the way he would work things into his promos because he would be talking normal but then he would be talking about witnessing events that had happened far in the past like far in the past like thousands of years and that was so fucking cool uh coming from that guy and the way he used to do it so if that sounds interesting i heavily said and just another example of another version of another layer of depth this guy used to put into all of these amazing creative things he used to do so if you were a diehard definitely go it'll probably be the some of the first nxt stuff that's even listed on peacock because i believe some of it was before they even got onto wwe network like you had to find it internationally it was fucking wild how you used to be able to have to find nxt back in those days Um, but hopefully, it's on there because that run is fucking incredible.
5: Yeah, um, well,
2: I just want to say, um,
5: like I said, Br- Bray's impact on professional wrestling because I remember when he, he first got fired from WWE, and there was like this what's Bray gonna do? Is Bray gonna go here? Is he gonna end up in AW? He was on like Warner Brothers lot like, walking, talking with people, and there's this whole thing. And he, you know, to go from being Husky Harris in yeah. NXT to becoming um, an Enigma. In his own in his own right, I think uh, that's his legacy, and I think that's that's what matters the most. Is that this is a amazing character, amazing promo, um, obviously a, you know uh, like a a, a father, a, a husband, and so many people have said nothing but nice things about him on a personal note, on personal. And I think that's what matters the most is the legacy you leave behind when you leave this earth is your impact on people, your impact on the world, and your impact on what it is that you do. And Bray, uh, he he had the trifecta. He left a positive impact on everything that he did. Um, Everybody he, seen, you know, Matt says so many great things about him, and he seems like he was full of life. There's videos we've seen, you know, just in the last day of him just, you know, being really, just really accommodating and cool to fans and just people in general. And, you know, so I think that is – that's his that's his legacy, man. He is, you know, and he was um for all for all accounts, just a great man. And it's a it's a tough loss in the wrestling business. I mean, we just had two back to back tough losses. And uh, you know, with a weekend like this where it's supposed to be exciting for fans, it it, it puts a damper on it a little bit. But, you know, I think we're gonna see um, you know, see a lot of tributes, even in AW, obviously, you know, Bray isn't. Uh, you know, wasn't in AEW, but he had a ton of friends in AEW. So I think you're gonna see a lot of tributes. Um I'm anxious to see if maybe at all in um, you know, they do some type of tribute to him or something like that. I oh. think that's that's very possible. Um, you know, obviously collision is already taped, uh, so you know, although we gotta we gotta we gotta talk about that in, in a couple minutes, but uh it's taped so you know they won't be able to do anything live but um and and, you know I didn't watch I don't watch Smackdown so I don't know but one of my friends was texting me uh, a little while ago and just you know saying that like you know uh, was it Eric Redbeard or or Eric Rowan as he was long he was there you know Braun Strowman Cody was there Cody had a promo so I think I said that you get just you know when you lose people you just celebrate their lives and just uh you know try to do things to, to to uplift their memory and their legacy because uh, they're not here no more and um, you know hopefully if you're listening to this uh, hopefully we we've, we've tried to give a good you know a good idea on 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 you know how Bray impacted us and and what we enjoyed and and you know obviously uh the other loss that that happened in the wrestling world uh was Terry Funk and you know I'll be honest I I wasn't you know I didn't get a chance to see a lot of Terry Funk I just respected him because he's Terry Funk, you know. So um, you know, that's one of those things. And 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 that's kind of what I, you know, want to you know, pivot into a little bit is, is is Terry Funk is that, you know, I started watching wrestling a little bit, uh, I'm showing my age a little bit here. Uh a little bit before the Attitude Era began. So um, you know, New Generation era was kind of my era. I was a kid, I was a really young kid. I used to go to the supermarket and I used to pick up uh Pro Wrestling Illustrated the Wrestler inside wrestling, all these magazines. And I, I don't, I don't, I, I got to ask more. I want to ask Morgan, do they have those magazines in the UK? Like are those magazines in the UK, like all those old wrestling magazines.
1: Were no. they ever
5: in? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm old as, I'm old as dirt, obviously, because I remember these. I used to go to the supermarket. I used to, well uh, I, uh, I shouldn't, I, I used to steal some candy while I was in the supermarket. I used to walk around eating the candy in the supermarket, and I would grab the rest of magazines, and I would walk around. And if maybe I, you know, maybe we had enough money to get one of them, I would get, I would pick the one that I want, and I would sit and I would read, and I would read about Terry Funk. I would read about uh, was it FMW? I want to say, uh, yeah, maybe? yeah, 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 FMW. I used to read about like All Japan, New Japan, but way before I knew what any of this shit was. And um, I remember in like ninety six, ninety seven, I remember reading it, Terry Funk was coming to ECW. And it was, it was in ECW. And uh, my uncle had a friend who watched professional wrestling. And he was like, yo, man, I'm, I'm watching this. I think it's barely legal or something. Like, I think it was a pay-per-view. Yep. And it was like Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer and like, Raven and all this stuff. And I remember watching And that was like, my first time actually seeing uh, a Terry Funk match that I remember. I do know I had the old WCW VHSs once again showing my age. I had the WCW VHSs and I watched a Ric Flair and Terry Funk match. Um, used to go to Blockbuster Video and used to have all the videos uh, there. And I remember watching it because I was just I was just enamored with wrestling. So I would just go and watch every single VHS that they had. I would literally go and be like, hey, you know, talk to my mom and be like, Ma, can I get this? Can, can I get this one? She's like, I, I guess. go, You can get it. And so I watched it. And so that's, you know, I watched Terry Funk through VHS. Uh, and, and then he was Chainsaw uh, Charlie for a little bit in WWF but that's like that was pretty much that's all my experience with with Terry Funk. but I, I just respected him because everybody seemed to speak so highly of him and um it's you know it, it, it's it's funny it's not funny but like it's it's interesting how life works because you have one person where you feel like man he didn't even get to complete his mission in life you know in and, and, and you know we don't know each other's mission in life but uh what Bray was like man his guys he didn't even hit 40 you know he had young kids who you know he didn't get to see grow up it's like you feel like you just don't get to see your mission that you have on the other side Terry Funk who lived such a long prosperous life and and, and, and you know he got to like live out and, and you know and it's just like it's such a it, it, it's such a tragic situation uh, on the Bray side that it makes you almost appreciate the long life and the many years that Terry Funk had and and he got to get the flowers. You know, you get you got to get your flowers because everybody showed him love. And um, you know, I saw I saw Punk had posted on his Instagram, uh, you know, wish we had more time. And and that, then it summed it up for me, like, even though he's, you know, Terry Funk has been here for so long and on this earth, there are people who he probably just got to have relationships with in the business over the last 10 years, you know, that wish they probably wish they had more time. You know, I think Punk spoke about Harley Race kind of the same way too. Um, you know, and and it is interesting that, you know, like I say, we we anytime wrestling goes through losses, it's tough. But I think those two are really tough because in some way, these are two of the most eccentric wrestlers and the most different wrestlers in history. Terry Funk is not your average everyday wrestler. Let's just be no. clear. He's not your average everyday wrestler. So, I think using you know losing two of those guys I think it's for me it's just a reminder I think to all professional wrestlers that you know be authentically you be you because both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt were authentically who they are that's that like even though Bray had the character and stuff that's his mind that's his creativity and that's what I think is missing in professional wrestling that Terry Funk a lot of people said Terry Funk was crazy and all stuff, and he probably was but guess what? He owned that shit, and that's who he was, and you gotta be there. And I think there's not a lot of that today. Uh, so, that's that's all I can really say about Terry Font, but, I, you know, because I want to, you know, get into um, you know, get, get into some of the, the stuff we got, because we do have some exciting stuff coming up this this weekend. Um, I'm a little pissed because I can't watch All In, because it's not available in theaters, and I'm definitely not, sorry, I'm definitely not throwing up $50, to watch that shit uh oh i I shouldn't i shouldn't say that because technically i I work i work work for the company but uh no but um i shouldn't say but i'm gonna say it anyway but i'm not so um does anybody i I know eric i know you got something to say about terry funk i don't know about uh you know cm trunks or or morgan i don't know
2: if they uh well hopefully they they will both have something to say terry funk you know the next time they're on because they're gonna check out the stuff i'm about to uh Recommend, um. uh, So just like you, I'm gonna have to show my age a little bit, um, because I remember Terry Funk's, yeah, Terry Funk's Saturday Night's main event match with Hulk Hogan, um, which is, I know that uh, hey, I fully (laughs) support the fact that a lot of people don't fuck with Hulk Hogan. I don't fuck with Hulk Hogan anymore either, uh, but in that match Terry Funk is an absolute fucking masterclass of how to work as a heel. He does this spot where he undoes his wrist tape um in order to choke Hulk Hogan with it and he's laying in the ring and the ref is right there and Terry Funk rolls and obscures his body in a way to where he completely undoes his wrist tape. The ref is right there in the but but as a viewer you could see and process that there was no way the ref could have seen him do it. It's fucking incredible the the positioning and just how detail oriented and how fucking good Terry Funk was. Terry Funk was also a master of like old school like hilarious bumping and selling like just the funniest facial expressions and getting the shit knocked out of him all over the place. Um, there's a wrestling tournament called the Wrestling Classic from 1985, which Maybe that's (laughs) – I think Morgan's parents were probably in their 20s (laughs) in 1985. But the wrestling classic was actually the first um, wrestling video that I ever uh, owned as a kid because since it was kind of so old that it was only like 10 – it was in the 10-cent bin. It has a shitload of matches on it. Terry Funk has a fucking hilarious series of matches on that tournament. Definitely check that out too. The biggest two though. Both of them are two of my personal favorite matches of all time. Um, One is from WCW Clash of the Champions in November of 89 against Mm. Ric Flair, an I Quit match. There are two matches in history that I will tell you that are the two most absolutely... Legitimately brutal matches you will ever see that did not involve like actually hitting each other with weapons. They don't, there's a little bit of weapon use in both of these matches, but first one is the strap match between Vader and Sting at Super Brawl. Holy fucking shit. The second one, though, is the one I'm talking about Terry Funk. Terry Funk against Ric Flair. I quit match. Clash of the Champions, 89. November these you know when they say on commentary on WWE on AEW oh those these chops sound like gunshots these chops <laughs> are so fucking loud it's you cannot watch it and not absolutely jump and cringe <laughs> Ric Flair and Terry Funk beat the fucking shit out of each other in this match. It is one of the most brutal matches that does not involve weapons you will ever, ever, ever see. It's fucking incredible. I love it. It's one of my five-star classic, like, perfect matches. Definitely my top ten of all time. The other one is a little bit different of a situation, but I still think it's a fucking blast. I bet our buddy Roy Johnson would love it, too, because he loves all gas, all action matches. And Terry Funk and Tully Blanchard have a match at WCW Slamboree '94. That's about <laughs> that's about seven minutes long. They go completely fucking crazy from the opening bell. Stiff as hell, weapons beating the piss out of each other. They had a guest, a guest spot from Gordon Soli on the desk with Bobby Heenan <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Tully Blanchard and Terry Funk are fighting and beating the shit out of each other all over the fucking place. Um, on top of them and Heenan in his old delivery was like, they're coming over here. Gordon, watch out. It's, it's fucking incredible. Please. If you check out anything, if you want to check out some Terry Funk stuff. Clash of champions, November eighty nine. Slamboree nineteen ninety four against Tully Blanchard, fucking love that shit. Our two younger guests tonight, CM Trunks. Any anything on Terry Funk at all?
3: Yeah, I will say, uh, my first exposure to Terry Funk was probably when I was like learning about ECW when I was young. I was uh, I came across the, the Rise and Fall of ECW DVD, and they were going over all the history of ECW and you know, he had a segment and it showed like his impact on ECW. And at that point he was already a legend, but he was like, you know, pretty old at that point but still wrestling, which was pretty uh, crazy for me to see at that point. Um, And then like the whole thing where they invaded uh, raw ECW and he had the few edge and later at one night stand that was, uh, I just remember when I was young, I was I was probably like twelve or thirteen when I saw this match, and uh, <laughs> I still wasn't really like hip to like wrestling being, um, a work? You know, like a work or whatever. And I just remember him being thrown in like a platform of barbed wire, and he was just selling. It was just like almost traumatizing because I thought he was like dying. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's pretty much my. My memory of Terry Funk.
2: Um, at the time too, you said like it was crazy. Hey, he was old. He was still wrestling. Uh, they, he was still doing like moon salts and shit too. Like it was fucking yeah. crazy during that time you're talking about. Um, they showed it on on the the retrospective. Um, and the reason, only reason I didn't use it because I can't remember the exact date. But he and uh Mick Foley have a fucking hardcore match. It's pretty fucking legendary. Anybody that's mine or True's age knows the one I'm talking about because they just kind of randomly, one night on Raw's War, it was like the last 45 minutes of the show, Mick Foley and Terry Funk have this fucking hardcore match, and they're just all over the building doing crazy fucking shit. It didn't really connect to anything else that was going on on the show at the time. It was like I think that there was some sort of situation a travel situation or something where somebody couldn't get there and they're like, "Oh, fuck it." Terry Funk and Mick Foley just go 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 fucking crazy for the whole last half of the show. It's a pretty legendary match. I believe, I want to say, it happened in 97. Um, is when I would say to look for it. Um, maybe late 97. Um, look around, just Google Mick Foley Terry Funk Street Fighter false Count anywhere Raw's War. You w- you will find it. Cuz it's a pretty legendary uh match. Morgan Our youngest, Um, anything, Terry Funk, anything.
4: The only matches I've seen are his matches with Punk. Um, The singles match in Ring of Honor 2003 and the tag match with Raven in TNA in 2004. Um, But I know he meant a lot to Punk. I know Punk had a lot of respect for him, as did a lot of other people.
2: He was one of those guys... Uh, Much like Harley Race, much like Roddy Piper, Terry Funk is in that class where he's your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. You know what I mean? All of the wrestlers that everybody can name that they like, they all will point to Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, Roddy Piper as like influences on – what they do and what they love about wrestling. So definitely that's a good way to summarize it. That somebody as young as you, that's that's so most 99% of their exposure to wrestling has been in, in the, the very super modern era. You still know about Terry Funk and the respect and the reverence that guys from this generation have like, that's that's a very cool way to convey and make clear the legacy of somebody like Terry Funk is that, you know, even somebody from the youngest adult generation that we have watching wrestling, um is is an admirer of their work. Um unfortunately as fate has collided with our fun weekend, we could do a little bit of collision. True, you sound like you uh you had thoughts ready to go, man. Uh collision tonight. Um I'll be honest, uh
5: really don't give a damn about, about this collision because it's taped so um you know uh i mean i can't it's it's out there if you want to be spoiled um but the only thing that's
2: announced is the uh the all-star eight man tag
5: <laughs> yeah so so i so i know that there's going to be a jack perry segment um
2: hopefully there's uh, no uh he doesn't want to use any glass
5: yeah <laughs> right and it and then there's a, uh, Big Bill match that's on the card. Um, you know, obviously Big Bill's not. And I think they announced officially that Dark Order, um, are going to face Action Andretti and Darius Martin. Um, and then I think there's, there's, there's two matches. So, uh, there is a Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and Penta, uh, versus I think the Butcher Blade and Kip, Kip Sabian, I think. Um, I think Dr. Yeah, there you go. Right, they <laughs> have <Sam> told us. <laughs> yeah, and then, then of course, the there's the there's there's basically a two ma- it's basically a two show. Um, honestly, I think Willow's on the show. Keith Lee is on the show, who was a kind of center of some, some controversy this week of him possibly being let go. Um, but I was I'm I, I like I don't want to spoil it if people haven't obviously you haven't seen it yet uh I was a little disappointed in the All-Star eight man tag of who the surprise or mystery partner ends up being was not a, not a fan of that um maybe other people will be a fan of that um I wasn't um but no I think it's I think it's I think it's a it's a cool concept I think they should do this even more I think they should do this more when they do these All-Star matches we see all these talents that we never get to see uh interact like Swerve and Punk in the same match um, Hell yeah. We it's fucking awesome. we re- you know, we don't I don't think we've seen Jay White and uh, Darby Allen really interact like that either. And so that's something that's happening. And then um, you know, Sting and Jay White, you know, I don't know how much, obviously Sting's probably not doing most of the, you know, most of the heavy lifting um, you know, in the match, but just to have that, you know, punk and Brian Cage, uh, you know, I don't know how much of Punk and Luchasaurus, like I so said, you don't know how much the match. Uh, how the match goes, but I think it's it's cool. I think it's a cool concept, and I think they should do more all-star tag matches, especially near pay-per-views. I think it it adds a little more excitement, and you get to enter, you know, intersect, you know, the fuse and different and different stuff, different things like that. But um, I have a I, like I said, I have a lot to say. Uh, it's just not necessarily about <laughs> about collision. So um, so I I, I guess. And kick it over to to everybody else.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, we'll let the we'll let the colliders commune, and then yeah. you can you can shit on everybody, and then we'll go all out or all in. <laughs> I, I'm,
5: um, I'm 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 sub, I'm gonna be subdued tonight. I'm gonna be subdued just because of the brave thing. The brave thing kind of
2: put more perspective. So yeah, Trunks. Any
3: thoughts on tonight's collision? Yeah. Um not it's not looking too good in uh in my opinion. <laughs> Unfortunately. It's it's kinda it's kinda going off the rails uh, lately. Dark Hoarder is on the show. I'm not sure what's going on. Punk. I guess he's, he's kind of taking his foot off the gas with like who he's letting on the show. But uh yeah not too exciting. I didn't know I didn't know Keith Lee was gonna have a segment. I remember they did say he was uh there Wednesday. So I thought he was going to have something with Dynamite maybe, but it's good to hear that he's on collision. Um, Yeah, and that that, that, uh, all-star tag team match, that was pretty unfortunate as well because I did have some, you know, expectations about who that possibly could be. And it didn't really turn out to be who like any possibility of who I thought it could have been or, you know, that would have been exciting. So not really the most eventful uh, collision. also wanted to have a promo segment with Samoa Joe with uh, Punk. Hopefully, you know, I thought that was going to be something, but apparently not. And they How do you not do that? It's it. two of the best promos in the fucking business. I have no idea. I don't know how. I I do not know how. I know how. I know how. Like, (laughs) it's already bad enough. It's already bad enough that it was, like, you know, very little build. But we didn't get one promo between um, Punk and Joe. And they're just going to go into the biggest match, biggest show ever, with no, like, nothing. So, it is unfortunate and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to your rant for, I want to, I want to hear what you guys say, man. MJ. I don't know if
5: you, know if you do. <laughs> I MJ.
2: You do. Uh, I know you're, you're, you're already with bells on for this big show Sunday, um, but any, any collision thoughts or any collision excitement tonight? Um,
4: Just excited to see Punk as always very disappointed that there's no promo battle with Punk and Joe, um, considering they have 20 years worth of history. And they helped build Ring of Honor, which led to the first All-In, which led to AEW, which led to this second All-In. So I would have liked to hear like what they think about the impact on wrestling. So that's disappointing. But... And it's just the last few weeks of collision. Just not hasn't been hitting as hard as the first few weeks.
2: Yeah, and that's uh, it's tough timing too because uh, over here, I know this doesn't mean much. Although I see you got your little Patriot shirt on, so you, so you're obviously a little bit into a little bit of American football. But over here, uh, we've got college football starting up tomorrow night, and my sick ass will be watching it. Fuck yeah. Um, so sure. it's it's You're a tough real. time for them to uh, – the last couple of collisions have been a little, little bit rough. All right. All right, True. We're all going to – time for some ISO ball. We're all going to clear out.
5: Nah, man. So I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to stop my video because I'm going to move around a little bit <laughs> while I do this. Uh, <laughs> just because. So there's two things, right? All right. So my rant had absolutely nothing to do with all-in collision at first. I was just very tired because I think this professional wrestling business is a piece of shit. And I want to say this, (laughs) and I say this from the bottom of my heart. I love professional wrestling. I am a fan of professional wrestling. I've been a fan of professional wrestling. And I'm going to get loud, so I'm I'm (laughs) I'm moving to a different quarter right now. But no, I've loved professional wrestling my entire life. I... Absolutely appreciate the fact that there are two major companies in professional wrestling right now. I love that. I absolutely love it. But what I don't love is that these companies are fucking idiotic. I know a lot of people like this Brie Brie Woo Woo Jeff Jarrett shit, right? I know everybody likes to do this, like ha 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 Jeff Jarrett. He's a draw. Jeff Jarrett. He's this. I could give two shits about Jeff Jarrett. I don't want to see Jeff Jarrett, and, and I don't know if you heard the story. First, Jeff Jarrett was supposed to fight. Uh, maybe Morgan knows a little bit better, um, because she's in the UK. Gredo, Grotto, is that the guy? That, yeah, Gredo. Yeah, Grado, Okay, I don't know shit about him. I know he's a comedy act. I've heard about him for years, but that should not have taken place at All In, whether it was on the zero hour or anything. It did not need to take place. It is not. It was not worth it. Jeff Jarrett, to me is mildly a cancer to AEW. He tried to get Dennis Rodman to come be an all-out. Don't get me wrong. In 1998, Dennis Rodman on a professional wrestling show is great. It's amazing. In 2023, we don't need no fucking Dennis Rodman. Leave Dennis Rodman for DJ Vlad, which he was just on. Leave Dennis Rodman and shit like that. I think the problem that I have because I watch Dynamite here and there, Dynamite fucking sucks right now. It fucking sucks, and if I ha- and if I'm being honest, once again, I'm, this is this is subdued, this is subdued version of my life. because I had a lot, I had names, I had people, I had issues, but I'm gonna get personal for a second, in a second, in a second, in a, second. In a roundabout way. I think, like I said, you have guys like Jeff Jarrett. You have other little guys like QT Marshall, people like that. Everybody has the boss's ear. And this is not an indictment. I'm not shitting on QT Marshall, though he has no relevance to me in any way, shape, or form. I just think when well, you have these different guys who have a different idea of what professional wrestling is outside of like the people who know the fucking business, Jeff Jarrett has been around for years. I'm going to ask y'all a question because I need to know this. Anybody who knows Jeff Jarrett, when is Jeff Jarrett drew a dime of money, actually drew a dime of money as a singles wrestler? Because TNA definitely wasn't it. Because they was out there wrestling in front of Disney people, people in Disney crowd who got paid to be there half the time. I know this because I went to Disney with my girlfriend years ago, and they tried to pay us to come be in a TNA crowd. He don't draw no fucking money. This is the reality. Jeff Jarrett, he's cool. He's It's funny to laugh at. But up until he was like, he became with a Hall of Famer in WWE or whatever, nobody was checking for Jeff Jarrett. It was like a death sentence if Jeff Jarrett came to your goddamn uh your goddamn company. So I just I just think the stuff that I see on Twitter, which is in a roundabout way we're kind of going to, wrestling Twitter created this Jeff Jarrett narrative that Jeff Jarrett is this amazing draw and people tune in to watch him. If that was the case. Why didn't do that shit when he was fucking in WCW? Why didn't he do that shit when he was making fake country songs in WWF? Why? Because he sucks. He has never been a real draw. You're only doing this for your Twitter. Ooh, doo, doo, doo. Uh-huh. Jeff Jerry's a draw. Oh, God, guys. We love Jeff Jarrett. Shut the fuck up. Like, this shit is corny. And speaking of corny, I guess uh, wait, I-, I have the right people on here with me as I say this. So, I I follow obviously, you know, the stuff that CM Trunks gets in his in his uh responses when he says anything positive about punk. I I see what Morgan gets when she posts stuff about, about punk. And I think it's a very corny thing that still exists, that people still give a fuck about this tribalism shit. And I think it is the dumbest fucking thing ever. I saw somebody say a couple weeks ago, not gonna say no names, because I don't have an issue with them. Personally, and we and we work together. But I saw somebody say, "Oh, I guess y'all know who not gonna be on Collision, <laughs> working with no Punk, because we don't fuck with Punk over here. We elite gang." First of all, I found that funny because they were talking about Swerve. What's the main event of Collision this week? What happened in two weeks? What happened in two weeks that Swerve, it went from Swerve ain't working with them to now, all of a sudden he in the main event? Of collision working with Punk and a tag team. man And this is why I feel like people need to sit down and shut the fuck up sometimes. Because you don't understand this is a business. Whether or not the Young Bucks and CM Punk work together right now, I feel like, and I've been told this, so I feel comfortable saying it, that eventually that will happen. It's just gonna take some time. It's just because and it's not on Punk's, it's not Punk's fault. And then people are still on this whole thing about oh. I saw somebody say like I'm I'm surprised all out finally actually made it to eighty thousand because punk nearly killed the company. Like shut the fuck <laughs> up, bro. Like shut the fuck up, yo. Like shut up. Like like everything is just corny shit. And there was something else that I saw the other day that I was ranting about, and I was ranting about it because it's like there there's certain media outlets, right? And I use media outlets. Media outlets. You know, you can't see me, but media outlets. People listening can't see me. Media outlets. And these people push agendas like collision sucks. Collision is terrible. Oh, collision doing bad ratings. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You media outlets that are doing this, you got your fame and name off of Dick Rod and other wrestlers in the DMs kissing their asses. And then you come on here and you're like, oh, if the wrestlers think it's funny, then why are you guys stop being pussies? I'm like, y'all the biggest pussies anyway. Y'all bitch made anyway. We know y'all. I know y'all. Y'all bitch made. So I'll, let's call that out. Y'all a bitch made. Y'all are not the... Y'all Y'all do these corny jokes, because y'all was the ones... I'll, I won't go too deep into that, but y'all was the ones who was getting, you know, back in the day, y'all used the internet. Internet become revenge of the nerds. Nothing wrong with people being nerds. There's nothing wrong with that. Just point that out. But... If you you if you are who you are, stay in your lane. You guys make these like you you give people power. They people feel empowered on on wrestling Twitter because they have some followers. Followers don't make you shit because when you log off, you're nobody. You're you're a loser, still a loser. At the end of the day. And that goes for wrestlers too. If you're laughing and <laughs> up with them. And I also want to point out for everybody who keeps mentioning me in my DMs and saying this, I don't know no fucking Matt Coon. Also I want to point this out. I do not fucking talk to Matt Coon. And, and, and people who know the FTR with, with that stuff, I don't fucking talk to Matt Cool. I'm not friends with these people. I don't want to be friends with anybody in professional wrestling. Just want to point this out. It's part of my, this, is, this is the part of my rant where I am keeping some names out. But I, I don't want to be friends with people in professional wrestling because when people do not understand about professional wrestling, it is a bullshit business. You watch it as entertainment and keep it as that. Do not get into this business if you don't want to be annoyed, disappointed, and frustrated. Trust me. I'm speaking from experience. I have a song. That's been on television. How many weeks? I mean, because I don't, I haven't been watching it. How many weeks has my the song been on? How Commander's been on television? How many weeks? And let's talk about that. We could really get into that. Well, I see other people. I won't, you know, I won't get too personal with my gripe, but I just think this wrestling business as a whole is so much stupid shit. Why can't we just watch this shit and everybody actually enjoy what they enjoy, dislike what they dislike? And not try to be like, oh, (laughs) we're getting jokes off. (laughs) oh, We're getting these jokes off. But they're not funny. Jokes are supposed to be funny. You're not funny. You're no fucking comedian. You're a cornball. That's what you are. That's most of you. And like I said, this, DAR Sports Media, is a podcast of people who like to go outside and touch grass, as my daughter would love to say. Like, my daughter says it all the time. I like going outside and touching grass, Dad. And she's right. My baby's right. Get your ass outside and touch some grass. Get off of the fucking Twitter machine. Stop fucking like, oh, see him poke. FTR ball got cooked by Matt Jackson. (laughs) FTR ball. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Like, yo, that shit is corny. It's corny. Your jokes are corny. You are corny. Your peoples are corny. Your brand is corny. Your agendas are corny. You're corny. Cut this shit out. If you're going to be in the media, you're going to be a brand actually talk about professional wrestling. Actually bring something to the table. Actually have podcasts where you discuss things without like, "Oh, today we're going to do this. We're going to do that." <laughs> like actually add something to the conversation cuz this could be fun. We have fun on here. We have fun on here plenty of times. We're also grown men, you know, and 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 grown ladies obviously with Morgan. Uh but like we're all grown. Like We want to discuss professional wrestling because we enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it like that and you need to do something to make yourself laugh or ha, 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 this will get my group chat to laugh, you're a cornball. That's the subdued version of my rant. I spared several people, several people who work in AEW by name, by name. I said they were in Atlanta. They were in Atlanta, my second home, my soon-to-be one home very soon. And I said... I can make a phone call and get everybody there robbed except Will Washington. That's the only person I w- and CM Punk. That's the only people. I said that. People People obviously think I'm joking. I'm glad you think I'm joking. I'm glad you think I'm joking. But that's my rant. It's subdued. I've, I have calmed down. A lot of people reached out to me and said, whatever you do, don't mention this name. Please don't mention my name. And I was like, I wasn't going to mention you. So
2: I just... I had a lot more to say. But we... We in DMs we noted uh, very high quantities of of corniness this this entire week. I'll just say that. Um, grow
5: up, grow the fuck up. Man. Like I'll say this: Morgan is the youngest person on this on this panel, and she is much more mature than eighty percent, ninety percent, ninety five percent of people are in their late thirties and their fucking forties talking professional wrestling. And there's obviously guys who are like 19, 20, 21 and stuff like that, too. But it's like age doesn't mean you have to be super immature. Age doesn't age doesn't always define your maturity. You know what I mean? At 18, I was out of my mama's house and in my first apartment and paying bills. So age doesn't define your maturity. And using that as an excuse all the time is corny. And like you can't, I guess you can't fix corny, right? I mean, Russell Wilson is, is, is super corny to me and you can't fix that you know he, he's my quarterback also so damn sure can't fix
1: that.
2: <laughs> Sure can't fix that shit
5: but uh Denver no.
2: Broncos fan via being a day one Denver Nuggets fan it's funny cuz i got saying that yeah i got a
5: warriors hat all right now but there you but, go yeah but you no know, i don't like wearing warriors hats too much blue anyway the point is all in is in what 24 hours give or take. I don't I don't, I don't, don't know. how. how it works. No, no. You know, and I, I just want to say also, I'm going to say this really quick. There are a lot of people who say mean things to Morgan. And if people say mean things to Morgan, she got all of us. We're going to fuck y'all up. So stop saying mean things to Morgan. Don't be mean to Morgan. Okay. Uh, like, outside of her being a Patriots fan, she's great. Okay. Outside of being Yeah.
2: going to have fucking great. problems. It's going to be yeah. problems.
5: Yeah. You know, yeah, we don't do that. We don't do that. But um, all in, all in, all in, all in. You just went schedule, in all in. <laughs> I, 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 and the funny thing is, this is some dude. Old yeah. true, old true. Couple years ago, oh, I'd have been calling names. I'd have been pulling receipts. But like I said, people knew. People know what's coming because they know it's been people who've been fucking, fuck, fucking with me, and then fucking, fucking up and being corny, and being corny. Which I didn't even want to bring up the thing what happened with Denise today. I'm not going to go into that because that's not important with Denise nah. from, from FIFO. I but, didn't.
2: But yeah. And I we were... But... See, but that's that's a good example, though, of how people can fucking act on Twitter. We, a little bit, had a little bit different perspectives on that situation. Yeah. yeah. But there's no need to fucking beat each other's fucking throats. Because we're adults. We can, yeah. we can
5: communicate, we can communicate difference of opinion while being like, oh, sick burn type shit. Like it's not like we're adults. Like you can disagree to disagree. But one thing I want to ask everybody on this, because I don't know how I'm going to watch all in right now. I'll figure it out. But all in, scale of one to ten, everybody's excitement. How's everybody's excitement for, for all in? Morgan, go
2: first. We need to bring this back. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. Power yeah. This of is, positivity this is Mor- back in. This is, Morgan's, this is Morgan's time. Morgan, you yeah. got it. This is all you. It's a 12, right? 100.
4: I'm seeing Punk, so it's about a 1,000.
2: Yeah. There you go. You got yeah, your you graphic. Go. You kept saying you wanted the graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, You got your graphic. How excited are you about Wembley Stadium? 80,000 people. Just so
4: unbelievably excited. as. Can't believe it's tomorrow. It's like have
2: it's you just... have you been to anything like that before? Like that big in a place like that?
4: I've been to a concert in a stadium, but that's it.
2: So what else? We know that the CM Punk, you know, dominates the dominates the excitement level. Uh oh, is what else in particular are you excited to see in that place?
4: Kenny Omega, um, Yuta in Stadium Stampede. Um just I'm excited to see just about everything, apart from Jericho and Osprey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but true. I wanted to ask you, um, yeah. since we're yeah, both, man. uh, we're both into rocking the mic. But did you have you gotten to see that Osprey promo from from Wednesday? I didn't actually. I have. I have you only seen. Should go out of your way to see it. I, I. I heard. I heard he said. Uh, he. Uh, is better than Punk. Better than Kenny. Better uh, well, than, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's it's been a braggadocious heel, but the way he said it, holy shit! I was I ready will, to get up and be like, "God damn it, that's right! He is better than those guys, just because of the way he said." It. Like you really, I will should check it out. Uh, Trunks, did out, you bro. see it?
1: Oh yeah, Trunks, yeah, did absolutely. you see? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I thought I personally bro. was like, that might have been the promo of the year. I thought that was fucking fire. Am I alone on this?
3: I thought he should have been wearing that bro shirt that he got on Pro Wrestling Tees. It would have made it like 10 times better because he said it like 20 times. Um, bro. Yeah. Bro. I thought it was a good promo. That was good. You could tell he uh, really, you know, it came off genuine. Uh, yeah.
2: So, yeah. It was kind of like, um, uh, this is a big comparison, but it's the only thing I can think of to compare the level of genuine, authentic aut- intensity was, um, you know, when Steve Austin does the the the, the Austin three sixteen promo, you can tell he fucking means every fucking word. He is feels like he's been passed over. He feels like he needs to start knocking some people down. He feels like this is his time, and when. Osprey really got going the other night, you could tell that he fucking believed the things he was saying and that That's he knew shit. it was kind of his moment and his time. He's going to finish up this contract. He's 30. He's just hitting his prime as a wrestler. The time is coming and it's beginning on fucking Sunday. Um, so I definitely sure you got to check that out. And we'll, we'll get thoughts on it. Um, yeah, I, I'll check it out a little later when I get off. I'll trunks, out your level of excitement for All In?
3: Probably like a like seven point five out of ten overall. Um, I also am not paying fifty dollars for that pay per view, and they <laughs> don't have it in theaters, unfortunately. So, I have to find some other means as well.
5: Hey, um, they got it at they got it at Dave and Buster's.
3: I, might I don't know. The, might have to go that route, but uh Yeah, that's,
5: that's about it. Go David but uh, they ain't got it here though. That's why I was mad. That was gonna actually be the first part of my rant. It's like go to hell, Tony <laughs> Kong. Like <laughs> like I like if the David bus is like fifteen minutes from where I'm at. I could have easily went to the David buses and been good, but whatever. So it's all good. Yeah.
3: The F T R match, Young Bucks, I'm looking forward to that. And uh of course the CM Punk Small Joe match, even though it could have been, you know, gassed up a little bit better. Um, outside of that, I'm not like that invested in the rest of card. I'm sure all the matches should be good, but I think the main thing is just seeing, uh, AEW show in front of 80,000 people is going to be just like a totally different level for them. And just overall in wrestling, that's probably going to just elevate everything anyway. So I am excited, but I think, you know, my excitement definitely could have been higher. Um, if things were a little bit different going in.
2: I'd say, uh, I'd say I'm pretty similar. Uh, I'd probably a little bit more, probably an eight. Um, cause I just, you know, I, it's going to be a good time. I'm super happy that it's, this is such an old man thing to say. I'm super happy that it's going to be <laughs> on at one, <laughs> like five, like an AEW show. You know, I know it's going to be like five goddamn hours long. The main pay-per-view starts at one o'clock Eastern. It means, you know, I'll be able to get all the good snacks out like a football Sunday be over by the afternoon. Get to bed at a <laughs> decent hour. I get up at 5.30 in the morning for work. Fuck all of you. <laughs> I get up at like 6 something. I'll be up at yeah, 6. I think yeah. me so on I'm I excited six. About, about what time it's on. I'm excited about the stadium. I agree. This It could have been a more of a fever pitch build. Um, me and True, we kind of guessed in the last episode, and it looks like it's definitely gone that way, that it's a let's celebrate where we're at as a company and just try to get yep. a shitload of people on the card. Cause there's a fuck load of multi-person matches. And I wouldn't be surprised if more multi-person matches got added. Um, so some of the match stuff is, is leaves a little bit to be desired, especially since I don't know, it might get a little old throughout the show that it's all kind of uh no, obviously there's different gimmicks and different things, but um multi-person matches are multi-person matches so um i would have liked something a little bit different on that but yeah ftr young bucks is gonna be fucking crazy samoa joe cm punk's gonna be fucking crazy uh cole and mjf probably gonna be fucking crazy um For sure a fever pitch of like what's gonna happen how is this gonna play out um i And I think it will have the emotional investment to still carry because with these long shows, sometimes you get, you know, the crowd is like over it by the time the fucking last match comes out. Um, And I don't think it'll be that. That'll be the case. I hope not. Um, So, yeah, I I would put myself at about an eight. Uh, Happy about the early start time. Happy about the big crowd. I'm sure it'll be a fun fucking wrestling card to watch. Uh, AEW always is. And they got a lot of flexibility to work with with these big multi-person matches. <laughs> True. <Huh. laughs> We're uh, after you've had all these complimentary things to say. Um, where's your excitement at about this show?
5: Uh, if I had to do like a scale of one to ten, probably like a seven, six, six or okay, seven. Okay. Okay. All right.
2: All right. That's not bad.
5: But here here's why. So I think Punk versus Joe. It's gonna be a great match. I think it's gonna be the match that people think is gonna be good, but I think it's gonna be even better because Punk in front of 80,000 people, we've seen what Punk does in front of 70, 80,000 people before. Punk don't miss in the, in them stadiums. You know, you look at his background. Um, you know, he went he went out there with Undertaker at WrestleMania 29 and like stole the fucking show, should have headlined that show, should have main evented that show, but whatever, you know. And I think Punk and I think Joe has something somewhat to prove because Joe hasn't had a match that stands the test of time since he's been in AEW. So I think there's this idea that that Punk and Joe both want to do something that like steals the show. So I'm excited for that. Um, Just, you know, from what I know and and what I hear, I think they're both excited about getting to finish their rivalry. I don't know how long they're going to get in terms of time. I assume they're getting at least 17 to 18 minutes. Um, But, you know, we'll see. And I think they can make, you know, they can make magic, but we we we're, I think we're used to seeing them kind of wrestle longer matches against each other, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I'm excited for the MJF and Cole match, but this is all about how you stick the landing, and if there's one thing about AEW, they don't stick the landing enough when it comes to their stories, and this is where I'm like, are we going to see Max just turn back heel or are they not going to do a heel turn and have him continue on with their team? Are they going to be Aussie open and the, uh, you know, in the zero hour opening match, like, are, are they going to do, we don't know. So I think there's just this, this di- different dynamic uh, with that match where it's like, it could go two, two different ways, three different ways, really. And two of those ways suck. And then the rest of those ways are like, Oh, okay, this could be good. This could be Okay. So it's just kind of a, like, a wait-and-see approach. I'll be honest, I'm not excited about all those trios matches and all the, like, multi-man matches like that. I think that's why my excitement's at a six. Uh, I'm excited to see the the wrestling between MJF and Cole, Punk and Joe. Um, I absolutely, the match I'm looking forward to the most in-ring-wise is Young Bucks versus FTR. I think they're getting at least 30 to 35 minutes, if I had to guess. And I think they're going to blow the fucking roof off this place. I think this um, is gonna
2: be the FTR Young Bucks match that we always thought that we were gonna get. Yeah, they they
5: they are both driven right now from from what I hear. From what I hear, uh <laughs> what I hear, they're both right now driven very much by um stealing the show and making sure that nobody can beat what they do. And I don't think Kenny Hangman and Ibushi against BC Golden to catch I don't think there's gonna get enough enough time to be the best match of the night. I don't think the stadium stampede is gonna be as good as it should be. I think it's gonna be a bit clunky, bit of a mess. It's just basically anarchy in the arena, but in the stadium. And I think uh, you know, the uh fatal four-way match would be a lot better if it was an all-star. Fatal four way match with ladies, um, because Tony Storm and Sheeta are gonna do some heavy lifting in that match, buddy. So, <laughs> uh, and and I, I can't say exactly how someone said it to me, but someone basically said Britt Baker has regressed so badly as a wrestler that there's no reason that she's still. In this shit. Like, there's no reason. And I agree. I agree with them. There's no reason that Britt Baker is still a part of any of this anymore. There's no reason. And I think she's a it's a big name, but her promos are not the same. They're not as good. Um, her matches stink. And Storm, you know, Storm and Sheeta are going to have to do heavy lifting. I would have loved to have seen an Athena, a Willow, or somebody else, uh, you know, even a, you could even put a you know, Diamante, Mercedes Martinez, anybody who can actually wrestle a decent match, put them in the place of Soraya and, and Brit. But I get why Soraya's in the match, obviously, I get it. But there's other things. And, and, and where's the collision match? Where's the collision title match? Can we get a collision title match? Can we get a match with some of the ladies from Collision involved in it? The TBS championship? We don't have that. Uh, So that's where my excitement goes away a little bit, because I think about what could have been versus what is. And unfortunately, you know, um, unfortunately, the match that we all think we all wanted, uh, we're getting, I guess, two thirds of that. And that will be the match that is the Young Bucks and FTR. But I think Punk and Joe, it's not a disappointment, but we did just see it a couple weeks ago. You know, we just, we just did see a couple weeks ago and I feel like if you're going to, and this is why I think, you know, they pivoted from that. That was not the plan initially for Wembley. That was not the plan. Um, I know people think Omega and Danielson too was supposed to be the plan that I don't think that was actually a plan. I think that was a, 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 a back, I think Punk and Danielson from forbidden door at the forbidden door time. I think Punk and Danielson was probably the Wembley plan. If I had to guess uh, based on what I've heard. So I think that was the plan. I think Omega was always going to work a multi man match. I think Bucks and the, uh, or either a multi man match or he's going to fight to Kesha and they just change it around. So all in has changed a lot. And then the biggest elephant in the room is what the fuck is all out going to look like? What the fuck is all out going to look like? Do we know? We don't know yet. And that is what is MGF going to do? What is Adam Cole going to do? What is Punk going to do? We don't know. But yeah, so my excitement is. I don't know, man. Like AW's been losing me in terms of their booking. Man. And they gotta they gotta fix their shit because it's just celebrating that, you know, like I said, Tony Khan said, like, oh, we're gonna make over a hundred million dollars in revenue this year. And it's like, why do I care? Like, why did that that doesn't matter to me? Like, it's great for the business, but it doesn't matter to me. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I want good TV show. I wanna well, see good fucking and, stories.
2: And the thought is, you know. Okay, you're making 100 million, but you could have made 200.
5: You know, you know. but he, he, he said he's going to make over, but it's like all this revenue. You got an 80 thousand seat stadium. You guys are filling it to the brim. It's it's full. It's so It's damn near sold out. You have sold out a fucking stadium. You have had bigger crowds than most of the WrestleManias of the last 10, 15 years. That's a fucking amazing. And you're giving them a hot story right now, even though I think the MJF Cole story is slowly jumping the shark a little bit, slowly going down a little bit. But you got a great story that people are into. People are like really into Max right now. I know Morgan is not a Max fan, but a lot of people are into uh you know Max and Cole's thing right now. And I think they it's carrying the build right now. And then the Bucks and FTR is like big, but I don't know. I think if they want to do something big, I've said this idea before, this needs to be the first time we see Punk and the Elite have some form of interaction, even if they don't fight each other, touch each other. I want to see a 35-minute Bucks and FTR match, and then Kenny comes down, and he's like, you know, Kenny comes down with maybe Cutler or or Ibushi or whatever, and they're checking on, you know, the Bucks and FTR laid out. And I want to see Punk come down and check on FTR and I want them all to stand up and look at each other and just have that moment and you should do that in the second to last match on the card I think just having them in the same ring looking at each other even if you don't do that match down until 2024 it's just you got to build the excitement up it's almost like how Rock and Cena did their one year build or you know when Austin and Rock had their thing and you you knew it was coming but they took months and months to get to it it's like, if you got a big match like that, you just got to, you know, throw the throw the seeds out there, but don't, you know, you don't have to give it to them right away, but at least let people know, hey, guess what? You didn't think this was coming? It, it's coming eventually. So that's what I would like to see. Whether or not we get that, I don't know. Um, Tony Khan has some, like, bullshit thing to say about, I can't make everybody get along. And it's like, it's not about making everybody get along. It's about making everybody do business, which... I know uh, Santana and Ortiz quote-unquote reunited, um, which, you know, I have different thoughts on that because I know the real reason why they broke up or why they're at odds. And I think you will not see them together as a team after all-in like that. I don't think you'll see them as a team. And it's very obvious. Ortiz is like, oh, we're back together. (laughs) Ha-ha, look at me and my boy. And Santana's like, yo, I'm here. It's my time they're vastly different and um yeah I, I think it, it, Tony Khan has to step in at some point and be like look man y'all gotta sit down it's been a fucking year since y'all had a little scrub if you still mad about some squabbles from a year ago grow up like grow up man like get this shit over with like it's really been a year like all out <laughs> a fucking year ago and we're still dealing with this shit this is stupid this is stupid and I think if all, in, if, 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 even if they didn't wrestle each other on this show, even if they just were like, we knew they were like working together or like they were, they were like cordial. Even if they had, even if they had a private conversation through fellow friends, which I don't know if it happened or not, but my thing is, even if they did that, at least give us something. You like, they're working the same, they're working the same shows, which I mean, is cool, but you know, you still got the whole thing and like, everybody and all that it's weird man like you you should never have to have your top talent on one side and then the top talent on the other side because you can't just like all coexist and just be normal like that's fucking stupid and um hopefully all in leads to something we need something so they need a big angle coming out of this not just for all out but for full gear and 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 beyond you need something that's so hot that people will wait months for it because they have nothing. There's nothing. There's no story that you want to make wait months for. It. So, I uh, I can only hope. Um, I can only hope, man. Like I said, I'm I'm not super excited about it. Uh, but like I said, the matches should be great. And yeah, that's about it. Morgan, I have a question for you, Morgan. It's a very important question. Very very important question. Besides punk, I know you said you have about Kenny Omega. Is there any match that like stands out to you as is gonna be like an all time match? Like any of these matches at all. I know and I know it's not Osprey and Jericho. Uh <laughs> any particular match?
4: FTI books.
5: See? Everybody knows. Everybody knows. This the one. It's the one. This is this is this is the one. I am concerned though about time constraints. Because okay, so it's on at 1 PM here. What time is that there? It's like six or seven or something like that. Six. Six. Okay. Do you guys have restrictions on like how long people can be in stadiums and stuff like that, or like how long they can like do events? Cause that's that's an actual thing here. I know it's a thing here.
4: I'm not sure.
5: Okay, cuz I'm hoping that they don't I'm hoping that like people's time don't get cut. Like I I like I think it's, there's so many people on the card already. It feels like this might end up being like a WrestleMania where it's like jumbled together and like everybody's like you're like rushing and people's time gets gets cut because they have this and that. So I hope I hope they bought the building for the entire night and can go as long as possible. I mean, luckily for us in the United States, if they went 5 hours Six hours. It's
2: yeah. six or six. It's seven. We're hanging out. Yeah.
5: It's, not it's not that bad at all. I'll spend
2: my whole fucking day watching this. We're yeah, it's, like,
5: it's cool. It's cool. All Out all out is a different story. All Out, that shit, yeah. like, hey, I went, I went to the theater. To watch hours. All out. Keep it
2: fucking. Yeah.
5: yeah. I went to the theater to watch All Out last year. I think we were in there until like 12, 12 30. And I was like, yo, like, why are we? It was a Sunday, too. Like they need to go back. They need we need some more Saturday pay. I could do a Saturday pay-per-view till till 12, 1 o'clock. Not the Sunday shit. No. So I am that's what that's my excitement about all in. however I find a way to watch it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, how I find a way to watch it. Uh being being on early in the day, that's the best. Okay, part. so
2: there we go. You laughed. I was like, let me show my old man this and then you started laughing, but you're excited for it to be on early in the day too. No,
5: because I feel like it's a Sunday, and it's like I gotta get up on Monday, Monday morning. Yes, yes, and you know, and and so it works, and it's like wrestling in the daytime. is great. I think it's, it's awesome because we don't get that. We don't get that enough. Live wrestling. I mean,
2: I'm not. I said it during Money in the Bank. And I'm sure I know all my UK people agree because they're up all hours of the fucking night wrestling. I'm like, can we please do more pay-per-views in fucking England? Can we can, can we make this more of a regular thing? Cause I fucking love watching pay-per-views at one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon, being able to do other shit in the day and and, and yeah, more pay-per-views in the UK, please. And thank you. I agree. I agree. Well, it's been a fun one tonight. Um, we got we ended up making it fun after a, a somber start. Um. do some plugs real quick and we're gonna we're gonna sign off a little bit differently this week because i've got some stuff for all listeners to uh check out um after we sign off um some audio a little a little journey with uh bray wyatt as we pay our respects um so true do the plugs (laughs) oh well of course, you can go check out
5: definerevolution.com. DefineRevolution.com actually will have, uh, well, you're, by the time you're all hearing this, there'll be a new article from Jeff Axel uh, about the uh, you know, uh, World Cup FIBA team. Uh, they play actually later on today. Um, you can also check out, uh, we, we have an article. Actually, everybody, I think, everybody on this show, outside of Eric, I think, is a part of this. Uh, article we did one a couple months a couple months ago about the cm punk pi- uh, pipe bomb um i think it was the 11th no 12th anniversary of the pipe bomb uh myself morgan and cm trunks uh you can also of course check out my uh my my album that's out right now uh comeback trail so make sure you check that out um i don't think there's anything Thing else, I do know we have some some more uh some more stuff coming up, some NFL stuff coming up. Maybe, maybe we can get a Patriots fan to come on one of these shows during the season and 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 express their pain uh for the season uh about their about their Patriots. Maybe um yeah, but you know NBA season is is right around the corner as well. Uh, so we're gonna have a lot of content actually. Also. Side, side note, really side note, Sunday, I actually just thought about it. I might not be able to watch All In because DAR Sports and Media is actually supposed to be at the Pro City Hoops uh, going down this weekend on Sunday um, in Virginia. So we will be a part of that. We are accredited media at the Pro City Hoops. Um, it's like a Pro-Am G League-ish type of thing where we're going to look at some uh, players and scouts and stuff like, you know, do some scouting. So. Uh, we're we're making things happen right now as best we can. Uh, so I think that's everything. Uh, Morgan, you got anything to plug? I know I know you do like a ton of things. You're <laughs> you're all you're you're all around. So what, what you got to plug? Um,
4: you can read my articles for daily DDT. I always post them on Twitter. And you can follow best of CM Punk on Twitter where I just post about CM Punk all the time.
5: <laughs> uh you got anything well uh, yeah I, I, for people who don't know because I had somebody ask me like yo who runs their best to see punk account and I somebody asked me like two people asked me that and I was like who do you think I was like who do you think runs that <laughs> like like so, come on and um Trunks What you, you, you got anything going on you got anything no. you got anything you want to promote anything in the nah, streets nah
3: nothing to promote, promote. nothing to promote Well, he got this
2: going on. Hell yeah. Yeah.
5: Well, like I said, man, I, this was a fun show because I wanted to get, you know, all in it's it's supposed to be a celebratory show, but obviously the Bray thing kind of, uh, we've been planning for this all week and then the Bray thing happens, but, uh, I'm glad we all got to express some, some, show some love to Bray and, you know, hope his family and his loved ones are all doing as, as best as they can, uh, through this tough time. And same goes to the family of Terry Funk. Um, you know, and hopefully All In and Collision both turn out to be great. I hope so. That's, yeah, I hope so. That's all I can say. Because <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, if it's not good, if it's not a great event, whoo, the reactions. Twitter's going to melt down. If, any, if anything sucks on that car, Twitter is going to melt down. Tony Khan, the ball's in your court, buddy.
2: Give us what we want. Some good shit. So, everybody uh, listening out there, uh, stay tuned if you want to take a, a little journey with Bray Wyatt. um, There's one thing that Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt, showed us or should teach us is to be unapologetically yourself. Absolutely own it push forward, let the good things that you have inside of you shine. And on that journey, if you ever get lost, just follow the fireflies.
6: I was raised in Lafayette, Louisiana. My daddy, he's a captain of his own shrimp boat. (laughs) I hated my daddy. He was a mean old man. My daddy, he took an eight year old Bray Wyatt. And he pulled him out of school. He didn't think I needed to learn with him other kids. But <laughs> well, then randomly one day, my daddy, his boat, boy, caught on fire. And it sunk him down into the daggone sea with it. And I went away. I went away for a while. <laughs> but Bray Wyatt, he told himself I had a reef. And I started out with Sea Spot Run. And then it was Clifford the Big Red Dog. And then it was a good book, mostly, after that. <laughs> and I learned. And I learned a lot of things. I learned how this world likes to throw away a little white trash peon like Bray White. Well, and let me tell you something. I ain't no white trash, and I ain't no peon either. I am better than you all, and I wouldn't want to be that guy. I wouldn't be that guy, that first guy that has to get in the ring with me, man. I wouldn't want to be you. Because I am going to take pleasure in watching you burn, man. <laughs> Just like my daddy. <laughs> Come with me. Time. This is a riddle. <laughs> Everything all around you is a riddle. Thus is the mystery of me open to the world's interpretation. I play with these fools like puppets. <laughs> I shatter like glass when I'm through. <laughs> <laughs> and feels yes. good. Really? We're past the point of no return, aren't we? <laughs> Haven't you seen it? Because I have. We're coming. Won't you do me a favor? Go back and tell all these men that I'm here. i and this
7: is everything. It's, it's or... it real. Tell them I said that. You can never, never hurt me. You hear that? You can never, never hurt me. You
1: never hurt me.
6: <laughs> they say we're coming, but nah, uh, we've been here all along.
0: the buzzers! <laughs> <laughs>
7: I don't know if y'all can read this on me, but I, I am I'm incredibly grateful. And I'm really, really nervous to be here, but I never thought of this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this, this right here, this is just me, okay? You know, this is a, a version of me that I've, I've never got to introduce to you guys before. This is just me. Being me, genuine me, for the first time, <laughs> and uh, I just want to share with you—you know—this this past year in my life, I've, I I lost a lot of things. I uh, I lost my career. I love you too. <laughs> I lost I lost my career. I lost my self confidence. I lost two people who were very very close to me. And I and I lost my I lost my way. And I, I and I got to a point where I thought that everything that I'd ever done here or otherwise I thought it was all meaningless. Nothing I ever did has mattered to anyone. And, and and I was, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. Once I was done feeling sorry for myself and I decided to go out in the world again and see people, there were people everywhere. They would say, thank you, brave man. When you coming back home. Huh? And then every once in a while, there would be someone I would meet that's truly remarkable and you, you know who you are. But these people, they would come to me. They would come to me and they would say, Bray, I just wanted to thank you, man, because I was in a time of need and I lost people that were close to me and I lost my self-confidence and I felt weak and I felt vulnerable. And in this wicked state, I found your words, Bray. I found your words. And I just wanted to thank you, man. You saved my life, Bray. <cheering> the truth is, I, I, I don't think about stuff like that. And the thing about that is is that I can sit here right now today and I can look all of you in the eyes and I can say that you were there when I was weak, when I was vulnerable, when I was down. So I just wanted to say thank you. You all saved my life. You wouldn't let me alone. Every time I tried to run away and hide, you were there to find me. When I left things behind, you found them, you chased me. You are the reason.